Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Piet Coleman and Travis Doe. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. Tonight, we're joined by my son, Nathaniel Coleman, and we're going to be talking tonight about bedtime stories, Bohemian bedtime stories, uh, our episode number three, right? And Nathaniel, we're going to talk tonight about a very special part of Prague that used to be much, much bigger, but over the centuries, it's kind of really kind of crunched down to a very smaller part in a town, in a part of the town that used to be called Yosefov, that is now the Jewish quarter of Prague that's right on the Vltava River. So, Nathaniel, what do you know about the Jewish part of Prague that people uh, make pilgrimages to see today? When I was in third grade, uh, the teacher took us to a graveyard. A lot of type of people uh, who were buried there. And then we gone into a church. A synagogue? Yeah, mm-hmm. where uh, where they say on the top of the roof they have dust of a special golem we'll read about mm-hmm. tonight. I don't really believe the dust is still there, but I believe that they left the golem in, or in, 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 the, the, in the attic in the attic, mm-hmm. and he just fell apart. Now, it, what you're talking about for a lot of people that don't don't know, one of the more famous tales of Jewish Prague is Rabbi Lowe's creation of the Golem. Now, the Golem was uh, a, a protector of the Jewish quarter uh, that protected people from pogroms, and pogroms were basically purges of 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 the Jewish people for no reason that would hurt them or scare them into uh, either converting to a different religion or actually really hurt them. And these were very, there was very dangerous times for them, but the golem was made of clay. And when given information about uh, how to protect the Jewish people, he would do it, but he also would do things out of control, right? Yeah. So, so there's some, some neat stories about that. I'm glad you went there on a field trip. What are some things that you would say in, in Czech when we talk about Jewish Prague? Can you say something, some things in Czech? Tak, vo golemovi to je takový... Spletitý, protože golem byl takovej, uh, taková příšera vlastně, která byla udělána z hlíny a 
udělal ho takový člověk jménem Rabi Lev. On měl sloužit na to, aby mohl, aby mohl e, zachraňovat třeba e, lidi, který byli, který ne, který. So Nathaniel, you, we just kind of just started off telling us a story in Czech about the golem. So what what did you just say in English? Can you translate that to English yeah, for our but listeners? I'm not done. Well, let's just, we'll, we'll just... I, I'm in the middle of the story. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll just we'll do... We'll, we'll start it off. Just So what did you say to start off the story in English for our English listeners? Well, I started to say about the golem that he was made of humble and that Rabbi, he made him to life, uh, that he was meant to protect the Jewish people Well, I, I I think no matter what, when we talk about Rabbi Lowe, he was he was a very very influential man of God, and as a rabbi, he was in charge of the entire town of of Jewish people, and he had to help people the best he could. So he was a caretaker of the Jewish people, especially in their time of need. And I think this story about the Golem just really fits into that, which I think is interesting. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about some of these stories that have Rabbi Lowe involved in them. And one of our bigger stories that we're going to talk about tonight is the oldest synagogue in Prague, which is called, kind of confusingly, the Old New Synagogue. And um, that is uh, very close to the Vltava River in, in Yosefov, uh, which is part of the, the old Jewish quarter in Prague. When the Jews came to Prague, the king assigned them a place on the right bank of the Vltava River, where they were permitted to settle. Before starting to build houses for their families, they conferred about how a synagogue might be constructed as quickly as possible. The arguments were endless, until a wise old man intervened. He told the others to start digging on a low hill nearby, saying that if they did so, they would see for themselves how to get a synagogue. The Jews obeyed him and set to work at once. They dug into the hill from the top and carried the earth to the bottom. When they had uncovered the upper part of the hill, they struck the top of the roof. Encouraged by the discovery, they redoubled their efforts and in just a few days, they had uncovered the entire old new synagogue in the form that had been preserved to this day. Their joy was so great that they no longer wanted to keep on digging. And so the synagogue stands partially sunk into the ground. And it is said, that it got its name from this strange rediscovery, for it was old, yet new. Angels strictly forbade the Jews to ever change it in any way, and perhaps there is something to this tale, because whenever the Jews tried to alter the building, something bad would always happen to them, putting off their ideas. Consequently, the outside and the inside of the synagogue have remained unchanged down the centuries. All right, so Nathaniel, that that old new synagogue, you know, I probably pass that a little, quite a bit uh, when we're walking downtown, heading towards Old Town. And uh, it is a beautifully taken care of old new synagogue. And inside the synagogue, it's got some wonderful artifacts. Nathaniel, we're going to have another story here that connects uh, the old uh, Jewish quarter. And this story has to deal with some very dark times in Prague dealing with the Black Plague. And this story is called The Children's Plague. And it takes place in the old Jewish cemetery that we just talked about. When you were in the, the, Jewish, the old Jewish cemetery, what was the feeling that you had when you walked through with your classmates a few years ago when you were on a field trip? What did you feel when you were, were walking among these really old 
Jewish t- uh, tombstones and uh, and markers. I felt like I uh, I gone back into the old days. I felt like the uh, synagogue was like a time machine, what sent me back to the uh, to the old days, and uh, so I saw all these artifacts. It was so like so real to me and. When you see it on your uh, with your own eyes, is different. You're so much amazed, and it's it's just a different feeling. And some of those fe- fearful times had to deal with the Black Plague, and several times throughout the centuries, uh, Prague was riddled by the the plague that would just would would kill entire families because everyone would share uh, this horrible disease. And if you drive around or walk around Prague. You'll see these Miriam towers to plague victims that were actually erected as a thank you to get rid of the plague when it disappeared. Uh, when I was at the graveyard, there were some parts of of the Black Plague, and sometimes I I didn't say I saw or hear a ghost because I don't really believe in these stuff, but. I kind of I felt like something wasn't right, and I I asked my friends like, "Do you feel that?" And they were like, "Yeah, I don't feel really comfortable here." And that was one of the experience I had in this graveyard. Well, I think that's a, a perfect transition for this story uh, that we're going to read right now, on Nathaniel, because this has to deal with not only the darkest, some of the darkest times of the plague in Prague and the Jewish community, but also has to deal with kind of a a ghostly sort of figures that would appear in the old Jewish cemetery. And tonight's second story that we'll read is called The Children's Plague. Plague was the most feared disease in the Middle Ages. The infection would spread widely and the sick died in hundreds and thousands because there were no effective treatments for the disease. In the time of Rabbi Lowe, a plague broke out in the Jewish ghetto. But what was strange was that only the small children died of it while adults did not even catch it. Prayers to God to avert the blows of the plague sounded continually in the synagogue, but to no avail. And every day, anguished parents laid more children to rest in the old Jewish cemetery. Soon, people began to murmur that the dead children had found no peace, and that every night they were creeping out of their graves and dancing around the cemetery. Rabbi Lowe heard the reports and thought of a way of finding out more. He instructed his most courageous pupil to hide in the cemetery, and when the children appeared at midnight, he would pull off the shroud off one of them and bring it to him quickly. The pupil obeyed and hid in the cemetery behind one of the biggest tombstones and just waited. Hardly had midnight sounded when a small white figure in white shirts climbed out of the graves. They capered and chased each other around the tombstones, like living children would do. The pupil plucked up one more bit of courage And when one of the children dashed around him, he put out his hand, tore off the child's shirt, and hastened it back to the rabbi's house. Breathless, he flew into the parlor and gave the shroud to the rabbi. The rabbi bowed his head and waited. When the clock struck an hour after midnight, something tapped faintly at the window, and a thin little voice called out, Give me my shroud. I can't go back to my grave without it. I'll give it to you, but only if you tell me why the plague is killing the Jewish children, said the rabbi. At first, there was only weeping and more pious pleas from behind the window, 
but the rabbi was adamant. I'll tell you, the child agreed. It is because a mother killed her child, and until she is punished, the plague will continue. And until that time, not even those of us who had died shall ever rest. Now give me my shroud back, begged the child. The rabbi opened the window and threw the shroud outside, and the child just vanished. The very next day, the rabbi tracked down the cruel mother. The elders of the Jewish town decided that she must pay for her deed with her very life. When the punishment had been carried out, the plague stopped, and from that time on, no children haunted the cemetery at night. So Nathaniel, it it does sound like there's probably a lot of mystery in that cemetery. But what is true is that the plague was real, and unfortunately, it spread very quickly around the Jewish community in the Jewish ghetto at the time, and there was a lot of death involved with that. Well, that might be true, but we have to believe these stories are some even hundred year, hundreds and hundreds years old. Uh, it's funny because dads tell it and moms tell it to their kids and the kids tell it to their kids. Mm-hmm. And every time... Like we're doing tonight, right? Yeah. And every time someone makes up something what's not kind of real and they send it to their ch- children and... The children give something more to it. So some of these stories are real, some aren't. I think, Nathaniel, what what the deal is, is that a lot of these stories that may be so out there, they do one particular thing. They may not be historically correct in a lot of things, uh, but what they do is they tell a story to give an idea about teaching a lesson. And like, for instance, this this other lesson was, was that there's justice that has to come to someone that does something wrong before things can be put right. There's some lessons in there somewhere, and I think these stories do that. And that includes the story that is going to complete our show tonight, which is called The Water Goblin's Bride. In the Jewish town, there once lived a rabbi who had a beautiful daughter. Hannah was quiet by nature and did not enjoy the noisy company of other girls. In the evening, she often used to walk to the river and sit by her favorite place between the trees where the branches leaned down towards the surface of a deep pool. In the summer, she sometimes took off her dress and bathed there, and she sat on the bank combing her long black hair. She had no idea that she was being watched by a young water goblin who had been entranced by her beauty. One evening, he showed himself to her. He looked like a man, strapping and comely, and he had pale skin and green hair. Hannah took fright and wanted to run. But when the water goblin spoke and avowed his love, she came back to the pool to see him. Before long, she had fallen in love with him. A few stolen moments soon seemed too little for their love. Not a day went by without the water goblin trying to persuade her to run away from home and live with him in a palace at the bottom of the Vlatava River. One evening, Hannah agreed to never come home again. Her parents looked for her all night men with torches searching the banks, and some trawled the shallows of the banks of the river along the poles to see if they would be able to find her drowned body. But Hannah was never seen on dry land again. After a while, her parents and relatives reconciled themselves to the thought that Hannah had drowned and the current had taken her body far, far away. No one knew that Hannah was living happily with the young water goblin in a beautiful house at the bottom of the river. She lacked for nothing and had enough of everything. 
and the water goblin's love more than made up for the life without the sun, birds, and flowers. After a time, Hana found that she was expecting a child. She asked the water goblin to go fetch her aunt, who was also a midwife. At first, the aunt was reluctant to go with the strange young man with the green hair, but when she heard that Hano had been seen, she packed her bags with all that she needed and set off with him for the water. The two women were overjoyed to see each other, and everyone was even more delighted when soon the aunt helped to deliver a baby boy with green hair. Then she desired to stay no longer and prepared to leave. Hana offered her some advice. When the water goblin asks what you want in recompense for your help, do not choose pearls or precious stones. Just ask for a little ordinary coal. The ant was puzzled, but did what Hana had told her. At night, the water goblin lifted her from the river, and she hurried home with an apron full of coal. But because there were holes in her apron, she left little pieces of coal scattered all over the street. At home, she threw the apron and the coal into a corner and went off to bed. In the morning, she was woken by a great clamor and a commotion under her window. When she looked out, she saw the people picking up pieces of gold in the street. She rushed to look into the apron. It was full of gold. From that time on, the little street in Jewish town was known as Lata, which means Gold Street. So we've been by Zlata, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. There's these neat little stories such as that where someone would have a problem and there's a loss or there's some kind of um, hardship, but there's always would be some hope that something could get better. And I think for the Jewish people, especially in Prague, there was always that hope that if they could just stay the course and survive these really difficult times in all these different eras, they could they could succeed, they could survive. And um, there is a, uh, a small, but it's a very uh, vibrant part of our community here in Prague. And I think that uh, it really adds to what makes Prague special. And I'm glad we could talk about that tonight. So any final thoughts before we go to bed, Nathaniel? No, not really. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. This was a long podcast tonight, wasn't it? All right. Well, we want to thank you, Nathaniel. I want to thank you for listening tonight to the part three of the Bohemian Bedtime Stories on our Bohemian podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for more information. We'll be able to give you uh, more stories in the future. Until then, you can always visit us on bohemian.com. So for my son, Nathaniel, I'm Pete Coleman saying goodnight from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemian podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.